you the latest football news from Sheffield and beyond. This is Shoe Football Forum. Good afternoon. It is 18 minutes past 12 here on Friday the 31st of January. Welcome to Football Forum here on Shoe Radio. Joe Hill, Josh Chapman and Connor Thorpe with you as always. Afternoon, boys. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Yes, it's an hour and a bit of all the latest news and goals concerning the Blades and the Owls, plus a bit of everything else from British and international football as well. So here's what's on the back pages this afternoon. Clinical, composed and into round five. United with a comfortable 2-0 FA Cup victory at Millwall. Into the last 16 after a 2-1 win at QPR, but Wednesday fans still worrying as they lose 2-1 at second bottom Wigan. And the top stories, when a match winner is needed, you can always count on a Trezeguet. Villa's Egyptian breaks Fox's hearts, while Matic goes from hero to zero for Man United. We look at the Carabao Cup semi-final second legs. And with just under 11 hours to go on deadline day, we discuss who's making some last-minute moves. We also turn our attention to the weekend's action, as it's Wednesday's turn to face the Lions, uh, but at Hillsborough this time. And United are back down in London again, to face Palace. And there's the next round of our brand new predictions game, some tasty TV games, but can anyone hit the magic 30, or in our case, even come close? We are still Sheffield Hallam's number one football show. This is Football Forum. And it's live. Cheers, Martin. And we're also delighted to welcome uh, this afternoon one of Final Score's finest, university lecturer, <laughs> radio host. What Hello. can't he do? Mark Webber has journeyed up from Norwich to join us. No, he uh, hasn't. He's joined up from North, uh, Northampton. Uh, Cambridge, actually, not Norwich. Cambridge, all fair all enough. Uh, <laughs> afternoon, Mark. Great to have you with us. What intro. I'm going to fail you for the next hour then, aren't I? <laughs> pressure's, pressure's on now. It is, yeah. Well, I've failed completely. <laughs> no, you have not, Mark. Don't, Don't doubt rubbish. yourself. We've talked about this already. <laughs> it is great to have you with us, and we're going to chat to you throughout the programme. Uh, but before we delve into uh, to all of the action, get the drinks in, chappers, because it's ta- time for another round of the pub quiz. Yes, it is indeed. And this week we're going for another two-part question. Another one. Another two-part question. Those who are familiar to Football Forum pub quizzes uh, will know that I love a good two-part question. You do, if you are not you? familiar with uh, our little pub quiz feature, then here we go. It is very simple. I will ask you a football trivia-based question, and at the end of the show, uh, we will give you the answer. So you've got the whole show to think about the answer. So, uh, gentlemen, this afternoon, right? your quiz question is, who has scored the longest Premier League goal according to the Guinness Book of World Records and by by longest I mean distance wise so right. who has shot from the furthest distance and scored um, so that's the first part yeah so uh, that was the first part and the second part I want to know is what game was it in so what, te- what two teams did it feature right so once more just to be clear who has scored the longest Premier League goal according to the Guinness Book of World Records and what game was it in? Can we have the year? You can. Uh, I think I might know this. Not yet, you can't. Right, we'll wait till half time because. Not yet, you can't. Uh, if yeah. you're struggling, I will give you the right, year. Fair enough then. Uh, so, Chappers does want to know what is the. Uh, in the Guinness Book of World Records. Who scored the longest, the longest Premier League distance goal. Premier League goal and then in what game? No now, cheating, Mark. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I've got Google. Yeah. <laughs> Not allowed for us. We will be uh, giving you the 
answer yeah, halfway, mm. and uh, then we'll finish on the second part at the end of the show. Mm. And um, as Chappers says, yes, we do the one of them every week. Not always Chappers. Obviously, we uh, we change it week in, week out. Uh, but I should just say before we crack on, because uh, it's big news for us. Uh, we're delighted to be on Captivate now, yes. as you may have seen. Yeah, we uh, our new signings. Yep, we've uh, we've made a, a transfer ahead of deadline day. It's been in the works now, but uh, we're finally on Captivate. Uh, so every single show, every single uh, clip and interview and what have you for the next well for the rest of the series and possibly even a third mm. uh, will be on Captivate we'll give you the yeah. details on how to find all them yeah. a little bit later on but a gonna... permanent transfer from SoundCloud a permanent transfer undisclosed fee <laughs> it is an undisclosed fee because uh, we got paid, we got paid note for it yeah. but basically uh, so let's go in chronological order in the action and we're going to start with Wednesday because they had two trips to make this week uh, Friday night under the lights in West London to visit QPR before they were up to, no- to the northwest to face Wigan on Tuesday night Rob O'Neill and John Pearson call the action at the DW, but first it's to Loftus Road and Andy Giddens. New EU lays an arcing ball out wide for Reach to chase. Reach will tease it into the middle, and Sam Winnell seals the tie! Brilliant finish from Sam Winnell, a first-time shot that was placed past Joe Lumley, and Sheffield Wednesday are safely through to the fifth round of the FA Cup. And it's QPR 1, Wednesday 2, deep in out of time. Ball crossed over in towards oh! the centre! There's no goal line technology needed for that! Headed home! And it's Jacob Murphy steering the header into the net. A brilliant cross from the left-hand side. And Wednesday take the lead. And again, it's Jacob Murphy. He's enjoying a little run of goal scoring at the moment. And how we will enjoy it. It's gone into the net from Murphy. Wigan nil, Wednesday one. It comes back again towards Morsey. Tries to thread it through on the floor. It's a great ball for Low. Well, he's found the back of the net. How can he not be offside? He isn't offside, though. The ball is tucked away by Keitha Moore. It's a clinical finish. Cameron Dawson is beaten. And Wigan are back on level terms. Wigan one, Sheffield Wednesday one. And it's back with Wigan again. They'll turn it back towards our area. It needs to be headed away. They win the header, though. And it's helped over the top of Cameron Dawson. And Lowe has won this, I suspect, for Wigan Athletic. His header goes above Cameron Dawson. And Wigan have come from behind and now lead at the DW Stadium by two goals to one. And we have less than 10 seconds of the 90 remaining. You just love to see it, don't you? Uh, right, uh, Chappers, give us the details on that. Yeah, and we'll start in the QPR game uh, in the FA Cup last Friday, a week ago today. Uh, it was a good evening uh, for Wednesday. Morgan Fox with uh, the opener after a throwing caught QPR napping. Uh, his kind of half volley snuck under Joe Lumley. will be disappointed with that one. Um, but like I say, QPR caught napping from the throw-in there, opened uh, the scoring, uh, or allowed Morgan Fox to open the scoring. Uh, after a few uh, flurry of QPR chances, Sam Winnell then wrapped up the victory after he buried in the bottom corner from a lovely Adam Reach delivery from the left-hand side. Necky Wells scored what turned out to be a consolation a couple of minutes later after an absolute horror show from Cameron Dawson. I, he went to clear the ball and it's gone straight to Naki Wells and he's rounded the keeper and, and put it in great finish um, but like I say uh, consolation nonetheless we uh, we moved to Tuesday night and Blackburn uh, sorry Wigan were Wigan. with the long trip up don't remind right me of, yeah. don't remind me of Blackburn we, we can talk about Blackburn <laughs> if you want and it's, it's completely up to you uh, but Jacob Murphy opened the scoring for Wednesday on the half hour mark and he thought oh maybe you know Wednesday you're going to get back to back victories in, in all competitions here uh, he had it home from a Morgan Fox cross a great ball and a good header as well however it wasn't to be Kiefer Moore pulled Wigan back level formally of Barnsley uh, after he turned in the box and finished bottom corner great finish on the turn 
And Jamal Lowe then snatched victory for Wigan in the 90th minute. A, a team who have got either the worst or the second worst def- home record, not great at home, mm. uh, in the 90th minute. Or after, away. Or away, yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is very true. After some woeful defending again from Wednesday late on, all stood ball watching. You know, Jamal Lowe, pick your spot over the keeper. Um, Dawson rushes out and he's just flicked it over and headed it in. Uh, and Wednesday confined to a 2-1 defeat away from home in the league. And Gary Monk pulled no punches in his pre- uh, post-match interview. Here is what he had to say. Oh, look, I can I can come and stand here and protect players and teams as much as I want, like I always try and do, but there's no protecting that. Um, I think um, I've seen enough in this last month to tell me a lot of what I need to know. Um, yeah, very difficult not to... Yeah, the honesty side of it is there's some players here that shouldn't be here at this club. Um, and there's players that are. And, um, and that's the honest truth of it. There needs to be change. Um, I said it before about change, but what I've seen in the last month makes that clear. Um, I'm all for protecting players. I protect the players that, with my life on it. But then sometimes you can't. Sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes it's glaring. You can't protect that today. I think that's... Um, yeah, I just feel embarrassment. That's what I feel. Um, no, you're here to fight for a football club. You're here to fight for that shirt, and every second on that pitch, you have to do that. And second half, especially there, I was just going through the motions. Nah, not here for that. And, um, if you're a player at this club or anyone at this club, you should not settle for that. And too many in this last month have been settling for it. We've talked about it, gone through it, words, trainings, all those things. But no, nah, there's no hiding place. Gary Monk there talking after his side's 2-1 defeat away at Viggen. Connor, uh, Viggen? Viggen, Viggen. <laughs> I don't know. Where's Viggen. that come I'm from? Tired. In Germany? Um, <laughs> anyway, I promise you it was not that let's exciting. Let's forget about it. Let's forget that just happened. Connor, you were at the game. You know, the, port, the post-mortem begins yes. now. What went wrong? What didn't go wrong? Um... <laughs> It was an absolute shambles, to be honest. Well, from you didn't start lose by five this time. No, we didn't, but we we probably weren't much better than the game against Blackburn. And yeah, we went to Wigan, who were aside. I don't think they've won in in three months at home. Yeah, a while. <laughs> something yeah. like I think it's seven games. matches. Oh yeah, or seven. Like, yeah, whatever that remember. is. <laughs> I'll, have a, um, I'll have a look. And I can accept losing these games if it's a one-off and we've maybe played well, we've missed chances, but we went there and we were second best from minute one to minute ninety. I know we took the lead, but even still, I think they were still the team that were looking to attack us a bit more. We tried to sit back. We lacked intensity um, in terms of pressing and in terms of moving the ball. Everything that you want from a performance just wasn't there. Mm. I always find it a bit lazy when fans come out and blame passion and desire, but I'm going to struggle to not do that in this, on this occasion because mm. I just think there's a, there's, big, there's a culture at this club now uh, where I think players are too comfortable and that sort of subconscious desire to go the extra mile probably isn't there because they've become so comfortable. The squad is is so stale now. You know, it's been the same squad pretty much for the past good few years. Mm-hmm. Players getting older and um, change is needed, definitely. It's, I mean, I said this on, on Twitter and I think you liked my tweet basically saying that you know, it, it was in response to one of Gary Monk's quotes and he was basically saying that he can't defend what he's just seen on the pitch. Uh, and I said that part of Wednesday's problem is that there's absolutely no competition for places. Mm-hmm. Players are generally turning up week in, week out. I'm kind of half expected to be on the team sheet without really having to do anything. They've got nothing to play for, the Wednesday players, because they're in no danger of being replaced by anybody who's coming on off the bench because the fringe players aren't either aren't there or aren't good enough to, mm. to better them. And as a result, it's just all a little bit too easy for if you're a Wednesday player at the moment. And I suppose with the club's financial problems they know that 
although we want a bit of a revolution in terms of players coming and going, it's going to be very difficult mm. to get that because of the the shackles that are existing for Gary Monk to, to not be able to go and, and buy players. I think in an ideal world, we'd have looked at bringing a good few players in this um, this window. As it happens, we've only brought in one senior player, Alessio de Cruz, who we'll come to in more detail in a bit later. Might get a couple in on loan today, that's the hope. But yeah. um, the, the issue is that we, we can't go and spend money like we used to be able to. And you've got these problems in the squad that need addressing. There's not much you can do in one month of a transfer window. Exactly. January, notoriously, is just for adding a bit of quality to what's already there, not not, not making new wholesale it, changes. Yeah. That should be done in the summer. Mm. Uh, and, and it's looking bleak for us at the minute because mm. what what do we see happening in the summer? It's not like our financial problems are going to go away anytime soon. So, yeah, re- big, big changes needed, like mm. I say, just to keep, to try and freshen the squad up because, um, you know... It was a it was an absolute disgrace that performance mm-hmm. to to follow. I know the QPR game, which which kind of feels a bit irrelevant now. That yeah. win, as good as it was, it it feels like that papered over the cracks mm-hmm. a bit. I thought you played well as, against QPR. We did, well. yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Um, but how can you go from a good response against QPR and and to playing like that against Wigan, um, especially after a five nil defeat? That I was hoping that was going to send shock waves up, and I, I was hoping the players were going to respond in the right in the right manner, but. Um, did They've far from that, that mm. on Tuesday night exactly and I mean like you look you were third at, on Christmas Day we've mentioned this a few times now and obviously Mark you covered uh, Sheffield Wednesday's game against Bristol City for final score no Brentford Brentford yeah, sorry yeah I was at the Brentford one Brentford uh, just before Christmas and you look at Sheffield Wednesday back then just before Christmas they were on this amazing run of results and now they've lost five in the last seven it's, it's horrendous how they've changed so quickly yeah, I was also at the Nottingham Forest game away where um, they absolutely yeah. took control of that game uh, in the first half. And let me add uh, something else to the mix here, which is actually what is happening to Sheffield Wednesday this season is what is happening to many clubs this season. It is hard to call a leader in the championship. Mm. Um you would get Sheffield Wednesday playing out of their skins mm. some games and getting results nobody expects. I mean, Brentford, beating Brentford. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, dominating Nottingham Forest. And then you get Blackburn. Mm. And I wouldn't... If I was a Sheffield Wednesday fan, I know this is easy for me to say, I wouldn't take too much... I wouldn't be too disheartened by all of this because I think this is the way this league is. You have to play each game as it comes and you have to win on, on a game-by-game basis. You cannot take league form. You, you know, Wigan did over um, um, Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, I'm not surprised in a way that happened because I saw Wigan at Swansea a few weeks before that. And the type of football Wigan played basically sucks the life out of the other team to the point where it frustrates them and they get nowhere. And Swansea were in danger of falling into that trap as well for the first 30, 40 minutes of the game. So that's what happened to Sheffield Wednesday in that Wigan game from my point of view. Uh, Wigan play a very distinct type of football. I don't know whether it's going to be enough to keep them up, but if you let them drag you into your game, then you're going to lose. So I, I don't know. I mean... I, I know there are issues at Sheffield Wednesday and I know people are worried about it and, and, and I understand that. What I'm saying is look at it in the round of the whole league. Mm. 
It's an interesting point, and it probably makes me feel a bit better. To be fair, <laughs> that's what I'm here I for. think as a, I think <laughs> as a fan, you probably do look at it in a in a more emotional perspective, yeah. don't you? Yeah. Because it, you're, it's, you're it's, all engrossed, aren't you? It's mm. impossible not to. Um, but would you like to come back to us for any time soon? Because the the way that <laughs> always get looked after, Hillsborough. Always get looked after. You yeah, seem to be a lucky charm. Yeah, for us. absolutely. Yeah, no, no, no. I had a bit of a problem with the uh, broadcast line when I got there last time. It didn't work properly. But the guys probably at not paid the bills or something. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> That's a Hills, cheap dig. The boys at Hillsborough sorted me out very well. They had a two-man team on it, and it all got sorted. So. I've got a lot of time for the guys at Hillsborough because they do look after me. But, yeah, I, I genuinely, I think, I wouldn't just be saying this to a Sheffield Wednesday fan. I'd be saying this to a Millwall fan, um, even a Derby fan. You know, I'm afraid you're in a league at the moment where you can have two wins and you can be fifth and then you can lose two and you're the 15th. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that says a lot about the championship as a whole, though, doesn't it? You know, the, we, we've spoke about it many times, how tight the championship is this year. You know, there are so few points between so many teams mm. that, like you've just said, you can, you can have two wins and be in the top six and then you, you lose three on the bounce and you're flirting kind of very mid-table, well, 15th, 16th, 17th. Well, I suppose the last show we did, or maybe, well, let's talk about Christmas Day when we were third. Mm. And, you know, we're not Christmas Day isn't long, long no, since happened, has it? it? Just over a month. Uh, and back then I was feeling... Obviously worried about our off the field situation, but on the field I was pretty very happy with how it was going, mm. uh, and it's just been an absolute car crash since. Mm. <laughs> so. But if you look at it the other way, though, you are still only five points off the playoffs. Yeah. Admittedly, there are five teams ahead of you who yeah. are also in that similar ballpark, but you are only five points off the playoffs, and the playoffs are only set, separated by four points, mm. third to yeah. six. It's to be fair, it's not it's not two defeats you know if I'm thinking about these last two games that, that concern me as such it's the manner of them both yeah. you know they, they weren't just defeats that They're that we can put it down to a tight league it's the performance against Wigan mm. not, necessarily, not necessarily the result because I suppose a 2-1 can happen but it was the way that we played the way that we just Lacked any intensity, yeah. and obviously Blackburn. I wasn't here to discuss the Blackburn. It's probably a good job because <laughs> we have been yeah. on um, for a while. <laughs> but then also we've lost our last three home games against teams sort of around us. Mm. You know, I think the thing that worries me, if I was a Wednesday fan, is how you struggle to defend because well, that Blackburn game. Oh my! And I know you're down to ten men, and I know the circumstances are slightly different, but you don't forget how to defend purely because you're down to ten men. Mm. Some of the defending was genuinely comical, and that second Wigan goal. Yeah. you know you've got two, well, you got your two centre halves just w- stood watching the ball. Jamal Lowe's for, you, for the majority where you for want, the mate, majority honestly. of this season defensively we've been good, but it's just all gone to pieces these last few games, and it's hard to put your finger on. It's on too much. Too much beer over Christmas probably, <laughs> but. Um, we just need to finish up. Obviously, it is deadline day, um, and you've been a bit active despite this looming uh, financial fair play issues. Uh, Alessio da Cruz, oh. I think that's the best pronunciation I can do. He's uh, come from the Italian league, Serie A, isn't it? Or yeah, is it he's, come on, he's come on loan from Serie A. I can't even remember what is team it. Pescara? Is it? Yeah, uh, Parma, sorry. Parma. He's come from Parma, yeah. I've had a, a, a blank moment then. Uh, yeah, he was on loan at Serie B. Uh, I think he's got three red cards in 18 games. Oh, that serves you well then, doesn't it? (laughs) So that's obviously the concern. Um, Whether he's a Gary Monk signing or not, I don't know. It It doesn't sound like like a Gary Monk signing, so I don't know whether the chairman's advisor has, has done this deal. It's. It's. I'm not going to sit here and pretend to know anything about him. You know, I've I've heard that he's a, a wide forward slash striker. Mm. So like who, a forestieri sort of player. Potentially, yeah. Someone who's going to give us a bit more pace and movement into that forward line, I think, which is needed. Mm-hmm. Um, is an unknown quantity. So 
these things can turn out very good. You can sign a gem from somewhere; mm-hmm. they turn out to be brilliant, or it you could... can get three red cards in eighteen yeah. games. As so he do. it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Sounds like the the right kind of player we need. Not mm-hmm. sure whether he's championship ready. That's I suppose the the only way to find that out is by is by seeing him play. So hopefully he can get a chance in one of the coming games because the players who are playing in his place at the minute aren't really doing pulling the weight much better. Can't well, be any worse, can he? No. Well and, uh, said. But hopefully. I know the club have been working on deals for Wickham and Windass today. Um, two players that I would wouldn't mind Windass probably not kicked on as much as he'd have liked at Wigan, but always looked a talented player from when I've seen him. I remember he played against us for Rangers a couple of years ago in a friendly. He looked mm. very good. And Connor Wickham, although he's had his injury problems, if he can recapture the form that made him such a hit at Hillsborough in his um, initial loan spells, then that would be a fantastic signing as well. Mm, we shall see. But for now, that wraps up Sheffield Wednesday. Bringing you the latest football news from Sheffield and beyond. This is Shoe Football Forum. Thank you, Mr. Proudfoot. It is Football Forum here on Shoe Radio. So, Wednesday's done. We move over to United now uh, because they were also in the capital, but it was South London uh, for their FA Cup game, not West. Uh, because they took on, uh, I'm not going to say it again, they took on. Uh, no, don't do it. Uh, just say Millwall. Millwall uh, at the Lions' Den, and Adam Oxley provides a soundtrack for this one. Uh, Billy Sharp's there, it's going to spin just behind. Sharp holds it up. Is he fouled there by uh, Wallace? No. Manages to slip the ball into the play of Besic. Besic will turn. Can he get his shot away into the box? Besic to go on! Brilliant strike by Mo Besic! Was afforded the freedom of the den. Curls it over the top of Bartosz Bielkowski. And the Blades strike first in the fourth round of the FA Cup. It's his first goal in Blades colours for the Bosnian. We've played 17 minutes of the second half. It's Millwall nil. Sheffield United won. Osborne now comes back to uh, Robinson. The debutant feeds it infield to Billy Sharp. Sharp back to Norwood who will drill one into the corner. Precise. Brilliant goal by Ollie Norwood. And that is Sheffield United heading through to the fifth round of the FA Cup. Delicious work on the left. The debutant Robinson involved as well. But Ollie Norwood gets his third goal of the season. He scored in the League Cup. He scored in the Premier League. Now he's scored in the FA Cup. Six to go. Millwall nil. Sheffield United two. Fantastic stuff. Um, so Listen to that commentary in the car down to London, but there you are. Yeah, it's great, it's great absolutely, commentary. absolutely fantastic commentary as mm. always. Um, so, Connor, give us the details on this one. Yeah, so Sheffield United made it into round five of the FA Cup with getting a, a hard-earned win at Championship side Millwall, who themselves are in a fantastic run of form under Gary Rowett. He's done a great job there, but United managed to conquer them in the second half. It was a, a pretty quiet first one. Mm. Millwall did make it hard for Sheffield United, and as the game went on, it looked like it might be heading for a replay, but United did get on, on top a bit more in the second half. And Mohamed Besic scored a, a lovely long-range strike to give the Blades a lead. And Oliver Norwood completed it with just six minutes to go. Um, United will play the winner of either Cardiff or Reading away from home in the last 16. And here's what Chris Wilder had to say. They were outstanding. I thought he epitomised what everything is good about our football club, Sheffield United. Made changes, they made changes. This was never going to be an easy tie. I quite like coming here. It's raw, it's real. They're at you. They're at you from behind the dugout, they're at the players, they're at our coaching staff um, and they're passionate about the football club. Um, but if we want to go well in this competition, we have to, well, obviously, uh, we have to get a result at places like this and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great result and a, and a great performance. 
uh, Chris Wilder there speaking after United's 2-0 win at Millwall. So the FA Cup is, is a competition that United in the last few years has probably been something they haven't really taken exactly. great advantage of. Mm-hmm. But you must be happy to be in round five with a winnable tie coming up against either Cardinal or Reddiff, potentially yeah. one game away. <laughs> Do you want to try that one again? <laughs> You're Cardinal as bad as me. <laughs> what is up with you two today? <laughs> <laughs> Card- Cardin wow. or Reddiff I can't believe I've just said <laughs> Cardiff or Reddin Wow, that's probably my worst, worst Cardiff, ever. Cardin, Reddiff and Vigan <laughs> Oh dear Do Anyway, you want to try it again? I just did, go on Anyway, well, anyway yeah, very uh, very happy to get through to round five And a very, like you say, a very winnable tie um, As well, both, both teams I, I think we can go to And, and more than get a, a result there Um out of the two, who would, I don't know who I'd prefer. Out of the two, prefer, I think they both prefer. Uh, I, I, yeah, <laughs> maybe Cardin. Two, maybe. I, I quite like Cardin. They they'd be a good team to play. Um, but if we talk about the performance on uh, Saturday afternoon, like you say, a bit of a nondescript first half. But second half, United very much in control. And in all honesty, I, I think Millwall only had one or two chances throughout the game. Uh, there were one in the first half that they probably should have buried one on one with Henderson. He's he might as well have just passed it back to him. Um, but I thought United very much in control. I thought they pressed well. Um, I thought the chances they created were, were good chances. I thought Billy Sharp was unlucky not to score probably twice, uh, in fairness, one in the first half where Basham's absolutely sent the defender for a hot dog um, <laughs> and somehow one of the other defenders has cleared it off the line. Uh, and then in, in the second half where Billy Sharp one-on-one, you think all you've got to do is put it past the keeper and he's like, well, accidentally or if you whatever you want to call it, hits mm. it straight at him. Um, but a great finish from Bezic. Can't be giving him that much room. No. Both defenders have stood off him, good 10 yards off him. And you pick your spot in the top corner, mate. And then Norwood, great finish. Great build-up play as well mm. from Osborne, Robinson, uh, Sharp in there as well. Um, a, a lovely finish. And, and like I say, a, a good result. A game that could have been a, a bit of a banana skin for United, in all honesty. Millwall's been a funny team for us over the last few years. Um, it's not an easy place to go to, the Den. Like like you said, Connor, Gary Rowett's got Millwall playing quite well. Uh, their, their league form, three wins in the last five. They've only lost once in the last five. So ninth in the table, rightly so. Only a couple of points out of those playoffs. Um, so a, a difficult place to go and job well done, I think. Mm. Um, interesting to see that Wilder didn't make 11 changes. I know he said that he wasn't going to, but obviously based on what he's done in previous rounds in, in different cups, um, it's a, a change of tack. Uh, mm. And it kind of, for me, shows how... Serious Wilder's taking the FA Cup this year, and, and and why not? Why would you not want a cup run? And you say about these changes as well: Henderson, O'Connell, Basham, Norwood, Bessich is playing mm. uh, fairly regularly now. These are all players that that are playing in the Premier League for United quite a lot. Mm. Um, so, how far do you see United going in the FA Cup? Because Ooh. Wilder's seems to be taking it seriously now. You're a, a winnable game, more than and winnable, then yeah. potentially get you know if you get. I, th- I always think any Premier League team can actually win the FA exactly. Cup, so that's something that United should be aiming well, for. Well, I mean, you look at last season, obviously, the two semi-finals, you had Man City-Brighton and you had Wolves-Watford. Watford, yeah. Now, Brighton and Watford weren't the best Premier League sides last season, let's put it that way. But by a long stretch. Exactly. Watford did okay. Watford, okay, yeah. But your point is very valid in terms of that any Premier League side can win it, unless, obviously, it's one of the, the big boys, which obviously... Um, yeah, but even then, I think you've always got a chance against it's one always, of the, especially it's in the just court. one game, isn't it? Mm. It, it is, is. That's a good point, and it is now. Obviously, when we get to round five, but I'd like to see another semi-final. I would like to see another semi-final, just because I want. Because obviously, back to inter- Wembley. Well, yeah, because obviously all the cup 
exploits that we've had have all been sort of we're all under the Clough era. And Wilder, like even it, though yeah. Wilder's had a lot of the league success, I want to see him do well in the cup as well. My my worry is um, that we we go on about how how this tie is a winnable tie, and I think I, my worry is that that's going to get into the United heads because we've got an absolute habit of turning up against teams uh, or playing against teams that we should easily walk against, mm. um, and then thinking, ah, yeah, well, we'll just walk this. We don't really have to try, and then we'll end up getting caught out by a late goal or whatever. And I, I just really worry that we we need to make sure that we're on it. Um, because both both teams are not easy to go to. No. Reading in particular, they've You've kind improved of improved under uh, Bowen. Yeah, a, a lot. Um, so yeah, I, I'd like us to. I would like us to go on a cup run, um, and I think we could. We can get through to at least quarterfinals. Yeah, Mark. How do you see the FA Cup going for Sheffield United this season? Or do you think they've got a realistic chance? Semi-final, knocked out by Northampton Town. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it's going to go. It's going to be known as the God Final. Oh yeah, um, of course. Because yeah, Wilder. Wilder is known as a god oh, course, down yeah. in Northampton, mm. just as much as he is known as a god in the red and white side mm. of this city, mm. uh, and rightly so. I mean, we have a lot of time for him down there. I, I present the Northampton Town Football Show on BBC Radio Northampton, uh, and he is a god. Mm. Um, you know, he joined Northampton Town at a very tricky time when there wasn't any money, to say there the was least. financial mm. issues, and he took them to win that league. Mm. Uh, and and everybody in Northampton and is cheering him on every week, seeing what he has achieved. But it's no surprise to people in Northampton because we knew he had it in him. And, you know, what's, what's heartening to see is a British manager's getting a crack at the Premier League. Mm. Um, as for your opponents in the next round, I'd take Cardiff any day mm, because absolutely. I saw them play Carlisle in the uh, FA Cup this year and Carlisle were 2-0 up in the first half mm. um, and uh, Cardiff were wobbly. They didn't really want it. Reading are in the ascendancy in performances. Mark Bowen has turned them around. You've absolutely nailed that. Um, so, you know, Cardiff at home or Cardiff away is where I think you want to be going. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah, Cardiff have been a team, since they've come down from the Premier League, just not done it, no. have they? And they've got some good players in that squad um, and some expensive players in that squad as well. And they're, they're a team that should be doing a lot better compared to where they are in the table. They're, they're a mid-table side. They, they got what they got under Neil Warnock. Um, you know, it's another classic example of Neil Warnock managing a side and making them better than the sum of their parts yeah. um, once he leaves. Uh, and it was time for him to leave because they, he wasn't being able to achieve that again in the, um, in the um, championship. It was always going to be after the Lord Mayor's show. Um, attendances have decreased down there since then. And there's, you know, if Cardiff end up mid-table or upper mid-table, I think they'll count it as a very lucky season. Mm. Mm. Wouldn't disagree with that. Indeed. Uh, so, we'll just move move the conversation on a little bit then to transfer-related news for Sheffield In- United. Indeed. And very hard to, <laughs> to not know what's happened yesterday. United smashed their club transfer record, bringing in Genk midfielder Sander Burge, Northern, Nor- Burger. Norwegian international Burger, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I don't know how you pronounce it's it. It's up for debate. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Depends I mean, from your, your, from Norway. your song in, in the tune to yeah, She's Electric, it, I yeah, think it would fit better. Sander Burge, wouldn't it? Yeah, so maybe, maybe you can get away with that. <laughs> uh, but a 21-year-old midfielder who's got a fair few caps for Norway as well has played Champions League football with Genk, mm-hmm. looked very good against uh, Liverpool in both of the group games, has signed for Sheffield United for the fee of around £22 million. Uh, Chris Wilder and Sander Burge have reacted, and here they are. A huge deal for us in terms of our journey and, um, and and where we've been and what we're trying to achieve. 
So not being frightened to, to, to spend money, uh, but it has to be of the right players, and certainly this is this is one that I'm 100% will be a, a, a fantastic success. His qualities uh, that he has, um, um, physical qualities, technical and tactical qualities. You know, he's been an outstanding player for Genk in the Belgium League. You know, with them they them winning their league and then on to Champions League football. And he's a he's a Norwegian international. And uh, and he will be for for many many years to come. Great, it's been a quick day. Uh, met a lot of people and done the medical, and of course got to train a little bit outside. Uh, but it's been uh, a busy day, but a very good day, and I'm very proud to stand here in the, the Sheffield United colours. Uh, it's gone on for some time now, but uh, ever since I heard about it and uh, interest and spoken with people here and of course the manager uh, I felt this was the right thing and it's always been a dream to play in the Premier League and now I'm here and ready to contribute to the team from the first uh, from the first day So very exciting signing for the Blades mm. and, and also represents a bit of a change in recruitment strategy, United known for sort of casting the net down to the Championship and in League One when they were in the Championship mm-hmm. and, and taking the players from the lower levels and, and building them up and improving them now you've gone abroad, you've signed a player who is seemingly a, a proven quality player at a very decent age of 21. He's only going to get better, so you must be very happy with that business, boys. Well, yeah, yeah because very. you think about it, I mean, there's a lot of talk going on about the fact that Sander Berge is is something completely different to what United have got. And I think that's it's good because, obviously, it's something different. I think, obviously, you look now, a lot of Premier League teams, even though, obviously, we're still brilliant at what we do, a lot of Premier League teams know how we play. So Sander Burge offers something a little bit different. But my worry is that he won't gel immediately. I'm hoping he does, and I'm sure he probably will do. But there's always the worry... I mean, obviously, we go back to the League One season, the start of it, brought in all these new signings. They didn't gel, and we're bottom of the league after four games. Yeah, but I don't think that was necessarily the fact. I don't think that was the signings. I think it was probably the system that that wasn't right. Uh, and if you look after that, those four games, while they changed the system up, and then, well, the rest is history, really. Well, yes, that is a good point. Uh, other rumours as well is uh, Panagiotis Restos. Is that how you pronounce it? Well, the, I've no idea. Yeah, but that's a good effort. Well, well, good guess, yeah. Panagiotis Retsos, um, yeah, and, from, and, from uh, Bayer Leverkusen. And Zivkovic from yeah. China. If you've played FIFA, uh, career mode, you might be familiar with him. He's a very, uh, he turns out to be a very good player. I've had him on my career mode, I think, <laughs> before. Um, but your thoughts on those two signings? I suppose it, it's they're ideal in the sense for United that if they're alone with a view to a permanent, you can test the water, see mm. what they're like. And if they are good, you can sign them with a fee already agreed. And if they're not quite so good, they then go back to the yeah. club with, with less of a risk. Well, you know yeah. what? Is it? Oh, go on. Sorry, I, I, I was going to say, I, I, I'm not, not going to lie and, and be like Connor and say, um, I, I don't really know much about either of them. Um, obviously, Zivkovic, uh, I've seen a few videos of him. There's, his pace is electrifying by all accounts I can't remember who the video was against but um, the teams won, won the ball back at the, uh, from a corner sent it long and then Zivkovic is 15 yards behind the last defender and then ends up winning the foot chase and sticks it in the back of the net yeah. so his pace is electrifying um, but that's pretty much my, my understanding of him uh, and Petsos uh, sorry Retsos even um, again don't really know a lot about him he's not played um, many times this year he's only played three games in the Bundesliga Um for, for Leverkusen but again he's only young he's only 21 um, he's he's a centre half will he be cover will he be first team don't really know um, interesting to see the fact he's brought Jack Robinson in so 
what what position does that leave Robinson in um, on on the pitch? Is what I mean. Kind of, is he going to play as a left sided player? Is he going to play as a centre half? Mm. Um, but I think if you bring in Retzos in, you're probably going to say it'd be further up the pitch or on the left. Exactly. Um, and like you say, I don't think there's really any danger in bringing them both in. Um, I think Zivkovic offers something different to what we've got. I think he's similar to Muse in the fact that he's quite off the shoulder and kind of getting behind and use your pace. Um, so, which I think is what we need sometimes. Hopefully, he can find the, the back of the net. He's not got a bad little goal scoring record. Um, so, you know, he scored 94 goals in 254 all time senior appearances, which yeah. is not a bad little return, is it really? Um, so, I'd be happy with both of them. And I think if we're talking about change of tack transfer uh, wise, what, I don't think it can be a bad thing. I think no. there's only so many hidden gems you can find in the lower leagues before you start ex- scraping the barrel a little bit. Look at you, Sheffield United fans, talking about bringing in Norwegians <laughs> and Greeks. You know, can you imagine? Yeah, I, I mean, look, it doesn't really matter what happens in the next three months. In a way, it, this is your time to experiment. This is your time to. If it's going to take a player two weeks to do something. <laughs> Then go and do it. Sorry to interrupt you, Mark. Sheffield United are about to announce a signing. Excellent. They've posted another tease that looks like Zivkovic. Right. We will uh, We will bring you updates from that when we get them. But uh, with United and Wednesday done for now, uh, it's time for our regional correspondent to give us all the week's headlines from around South Yorkshire. And that is the job of Miss Chapman for the local roundup. Indeed. And like you say, local roundup time. And I have just got rid of my script, so hopefully I can <laughs> open that back up very, very quickly. But... We'll start uh, in reverse order this week because I can... In fact, thank you very much. I've got a paper copy here. Uh, we will start in League One. Uh, no, we won't. We'll start in the FA Cup on Saturday. And uh, Barnsley made the long trip down to the south coast and Portsmouth. And it was a very long trip back up after they got... Uh, they were on the end of a 4-2 hammering uh, down there. Ben Close, John Marcus, Ronan Curtis and Christian Burgess scoring the goals for Pompey in the 37th, 45th and uh, 62nd at 76th. Uh, Corley Woodrow and Con Chaplin getting two goals for the Reds there, kind of in between. But a loss and dumped out of the FA Cup for Barnsley. Uh, moving into league football and on Saturday, Peterborough uh, hosted Rotherham United and it was a good afternoon for them. Not so much for Rotherham. Ivan Tony and Sammy Smodics in the second and 22nd minutes scoring, uh, putting Peterborough two goals in front. Rotherham could only respond once and that was through Michael Heckwaite in the 35th minute. So a loss on the road for them. However, back to winning ways on Tuesday night for the Millers. They hosted uh, high-flying Ipswich and Richard Wood there. Stalwart at the back uh, gave them a 1-0 victory there in the 42nd minute. Moving on to Friday um, into League One and Sunderland. They played host of Donny Rovers. They made the long trip up there. And it, a very boring non-event nil-nil draw there. However, a very different story when Doncaster played host to Southend. 3-1 victory for the Rovers. Niall Ennis, Kieran Sadlier scoring twice there. Harry Phillips for Southend getting one back for a consolation nonetheless. And Chesterfield, well, it looked like it was going to be a good afternoon for the Spyrites at home to AFC Fylde. Fylde struggling down the wrong end of the table along with the Spyrites. Jonathan Smith put, the, uh, put Chesterfield in front in the 32nd minute. But Nick Horton in the 76 and filed a point there and we will touch on Barnsley women obviously vested interest there they made the long trip down to the capital in the fourth round of the FA Cup Super League versus Division 1 North team four leagues between them and to keep the score down to 5-0 was not a bad little result for Barnsley uh, Spurs went 3-0 up by the break 
Uh, a controversial penalty for the third goal, very controversial in the fact that it shouldn't have ever been one. Thrown herself to the floor, referee gives no hesitation, points straight to the spot. But 5-0 and out of the FA Cup in the fourth round for Barnsley women. Uh, attention turns back to the league in Stockport County on Sunday. There you are, thank you very Good much. Good stuff, Jeffers. This is Sheffield Hallam's number one football show. This is Shoe Football Forum. It's exactly two minutes to one here on Friday afternoon. Thanks for joining us for Football Forum. So, as uh, we're going to move on uh, to the rest of all the transfer news in a little bit, but as he's our special guest this afternoon, we're going to have a bit of a chat now for the next 15 minutes to Mr Mark Webber. So, uh, Mark, as we do with every guest, we might as well start... Uh, over your career because it's illustrious with uh, everything you've done <laughs> I'm uh, not paying you for all of this you do yeah, realise that we do realise that that's the whole point and I don't think you're going to get a conversation at me for 15 minutes it's not that interesting <laughs> but obviously are there any uh, any sort of standout moments any funny moments any memorable oh. times from obviously doing final score up and down the country talk about the FA Cup the the game, people always ask me what's my most memorable, my most famous game, and you know people expect me to say you know a Liverpool or a Manchester City four three thriller. And they, they've been some of them, uh, but my my favourite is uh, uh, first round FA Cup. I can't remember the year now. It's going back to two thousand and five. It's got to be uh, Colchester United nine Leamington Spa one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it gets better because Colchester only scored the first goal in the 42nd minute. So, <laughs> actually, <laughs> Leamington, who are in like the Midland, um, uh, the Beezer Homes League, I think it was called then, uh, as we know now, Evo Stick Southern, uh, had actually held a League One side for 42 minutes, and it, it was on. <laughs> it was absolutely on. Uh, and then, of course, the floodgates opened after the second half, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. which is brilliant. Um, uh, now, you know, you, when uh, I'll come back to what happened at 7-1 in a second because it's a good story, but when you're at the full time and uh, the director says in your ear, you've got 20 seconds, 20 seconds to describe a 9-1 football <laughs> match, it gets interesting. Um, my answer to that was, I basically said in the report, for the full list of scorers, please refer to the screen. Uh, because they were all listed there. Um, because I didn't want to miss out on the magic of the FA Cup and how much this match meant. And also the fact that at 7-1, Lemmington, uh, 7-0, Lemmington scored to make it 7-1. Um, and uh, the comeback was on. Uh, so much so, there were uh, quite a few excited Leamington fans behind the goal. One of them was dressed in a big ginger wig, <laughs> a dress, um, and he basically jumped the fence onto the pitch. He swerved four stewards. He got up to the other end, to the Colchester fan, raised his skirt, dropped his trousers, showed his, you know, and then run back. Um, and the Leamington fans started shouting, we're going to win 8-7, we're going to win 8-7. And that's why I'm in this business, mm. for moments like that. I mean, you know, the, you know clubs doing well, uh, clubs not doing so well, the general grist of, of covering football, you know, I'm in a very privileged job. But what absolutely makes it a privileged job is when you get to witness moments like that. Mm-hmm. So you're currently at Northampton, aren't you? You're doing a bit of uh, radio for them, cover- covering a um, 
a cobbler's show every yeah. week. So could you just tell, talk us through the, the excitement around the town at the minute for the FA Cup? Uh, they're having a great season as well in the league, aren't they? They're, they'll be playing up against, up against uh, Derby in the replay. What's that been like? Yeah, so um, I present the Cobbler Show on BBC Radio Northampton on Thursday, one hour in Northampton Town, and I presented it last year with a guy who may be listening to this, actually, who plays for Chesterfield, David Buchanan. All right, Bukes? Um, Bukes, me co-presented when he was a player there. And I can tell you what, it was the most miserable show I've ever presented on the radio. <laughs> Northampton were rubbish. It wasn't going very well. Um, it was really about whether Northampton... I mean, they were tipped to go up at the start of the season, but it was about actually them staying in the league. Uh, mm. And then halfway through the season, Keith Curl came in, and he's changed it. Mm. Um, and I got a lot of time for Keith. Um, his style of play is not pretty. You know, if you want tippy-tappy football... It's not six fields on a Saturday. Um, but, and he gets a lot of criticism still from some of the fans. But by and large, the people of Northampton are on the app and, and are quite elated about where we are in the table. They might not appreciate the direct style of the football, but they appreciate the results every week, winning 3-0 against uh, uh, Scunthorpe on Tuesday and then that big Friday night the other week, which they thoroughly deserved, um, on, uh, in front of the BT Sport cameras, 0-0 against Derby County. And I've got to say, I don't know whether you watched the game, I was there in the stands, it was absolutely electric, and for by and large, they deserved to get something out of that. Mm. They deserved to win it. And people say, well, you know, replays a different kettle of fish, isn't it? It's at Pride Park, home territory. I'm not sure it is, you know. And having seen enough of Derby, I know that if you deal with Wayne Rooney, you deal with Derby. Pre-Wayne Rooney, Derby were all over the place, and I would have tipped them to go down if it carried on. Um, so at the moment the atmosphere down there is electric um, and people are starting to believe in the club again and it's a, it's a great place to turn up to on the weekend mm. You mentioned uh, about the FA Cup there uh, and you mentioned Keith Curl obviously very famous up in these parts played for Sheffield United for uh, a season or two um, there's been a lot of talk about the FA Cup recently yeah. and, and FA Cup replays in particular. Um, some suggestion from people, from the likes of Gary Lineker that FA Cup replays should be scrapped either in total or uh, after a certain round. But surely for a, for a team like Northampton who are down in League Two, the financial implications of having a replay are, are massive and surely ones that can't just be scrapped, can they? What, what What's your opinions about right, that? Look- um, this is where I disagree with my illustrious colleague, Mr. Lineker. Um, uh, we all have an opinion, and, and you know he, he's, he's taking some stick for it. So I think people need to lay off giving him the stick for it. It is a very difficult situation, and and, and Liverpool fans have taken a lot of stick for it as well. And I don't like that. Um, if I was in Liverpool's position, and I was Jurgen Klopp, I would justifiably say, you know, we weren't supposed to play this FA Cup replay because we are in our break in the week, break, yeah. right? The Premier League has landed them into that. It's not Liverpool's fault. It's not the fans and, and the club of Liverpool's fault. However, what I will always say about the FA Cup is it opens doors and it opens revenue to these clubs. And there is an element quite selfishly in me which says if Liverpool, if Man City don't want to play in the FA Cup at that level, if they don't want to replay, you know, the replay has been earned by the other side because they've been good enough. And they've held them. You know, we've got a replay against Derby because we've held Derby. Shrewsbury have got a replay against Liverpool because they've held Liverpool. Mm. Who, who is Liverpool, who is a Premier League side, to deny them the right of that second chance mm. of having a go at that? 
it does come down to the wider fixture congestion, and this is where I'm absolutely on Liverpool and, and, and Premier League fans' side. There were far too many games, and I worked them, remember, because mm. this is my job. Mm. And, and, and don't get me wrong, I get money for every time I work, so brilliant, more money for me over Christmas. While everybody was spending it, I was earning it. <laughs> right? But there were far too many games over December and January. They hadn't been spaced out properly. That is fixture congestion, bad fixture planning and it needs to be resolved and whilst I will always stand up for the traditional Boxing Day fixture I think some ga- some teams will play in three games in seven days over Boxing Day New Year and that is why that should not happen mm-hmm. and that must stop. Yeah well, well all the Premier League teams were doing that weren't yeah, they? And it's, and it's not just Premier League teams as well <laughs> it was, well, uh, I'll, I'll use Wednesday league. as an example we played uh, Bristol City on the 22nd or 23rd mm-hmm. then we played Stoke on the 26th mm-hmm. then we played Cardiff on the 29th then we played Hull on the first yep. yeah. and then you go to an FA Cup third round tie now if we yeah. want to take the FA Cup more seriously why are we having all these games in December when the FA Cup third round is just after that what team's going to prioritise well you're going to prioritise the three league games that are just before that the league game that's the week after we made six changes at Brighton um, if we'd have played against a league two side and we'd have made six, seven, eight changes then we might have got lambasted for that but that's because we've had all these games in a short amount of time and championship squads aren't as ready to deal with it as Premier League squads are so I think that's a good point that you make there about about the FA Cup and, and how they need to be a bit more sensible arranging yeah. all these fixtures. New Year's Day football for me is is never something I've, I've particularly got behind. Yeah, <laughs> And obviously we look on we, we see now because obviously us three as as um, as journalism students just moving away from sort of away from the final score side of things and the reporting to your your other uh, your other aspects and work life because obviously you're a lecturer at the University mm-hmm. of Northampton um, and obviously you yourself obviously doing sports journalism uh, well teaching sports journalism it must be good to see obviously because there's a lot going on about obviously wanting to get a lot more women into into football, which is obviously, I completely get behind it. But obviously, it's always good seeing whoever, whether they're male or female, just some sports journalists coming up through your own ranks and seeing them make it big. By the way, I'm grading you on this performance. <laughs> yeah, so I'll give so you we're scraping a 2-2 at the minute, yeah, boys. Yeah, scraping <laughs> a 2-2. No, um, look... I am all, you know, part of the reason I took the job as leading the sports journalism course at Northampton is because I wanted people like you to have the experience I've had. I've been around the world with sports, you know, I've covered cricket in Australia, golf in Dubai. I've had the time of my life. It's hard work. It really is hard work. You have to put the hours in, but I've had the time of my life. And I want other people to have uh, that opportunity. So that's my, you know, my, my little part in that is by involved in the sports journalism course at Northampton. But, you know, anybody who's out there, whether they're on a sports journalism course or not, um, who wants to get involved in telling the stories of sport, because there are so many great stories in sport, you know, pick up your computer, pick up your mobile phone, go down to your local non-league football team or your basketball team or whatever, the student sports team, go and cover the student sports teams here, Mm. write stuff, blog stuff. You will only get better through practice. Um, as well as having people like us support you, you'll only get through, better through practice. On the point of um, more females in, uh, in sport, more BAME um, mm. uh, students coming through the ranks and, and, and what... Yes, um, but I will say 
that is an area that does need more work. Mm. And one of the things I've been proud to organise was a a Women in Football conference my first year down at Northampton where we had some guest speakers like Jackie Oatley, Hayley McQueen, people like that. Uh, Two of my black students are now working for BT Sport. Um, And it is important, quite frankly, for everybody in society to know there is no door closed to you. Now, sometimes you have to push that door hard. What I'm trying to do, and what we should all try and do, is make sure that whoever is pushing that door hard, they don't have to push harder than anybody else because of their skin colour or their sex or their whatever. Um, It's all irrelevant, but to do that, they need to see more people, more role models on screen who look like them, sound like them, uh, and are them. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, I, I fully agree with you. And as a person who works uh, within a women's football club, um, seeing the coverage that is growing uh, of the women's game is hugely uh, pleasing to see. But it is still disappointing to see some of the comments that come with, me, uh, come with uh, women's football from some of the, shall we say, more narrow-minded of male football fans. Mm. But I, 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 Yeah, you're talking about the comments that like my colleagues Robin Cowan and Jackie Oatley get mm. on Twitter after they've done a commentated on a game or Vicky Sparks. And uh, Vicky Sparks, Robin Cowan and, and, uh, and Jackie Oatley, I am like one millionth of their talent and their skill. And it's, you know, I, I look up to them and I think I wish I was as good as them. Um, and... It gets to the point now that you know you do become a, a, a bit. You, you turn off all of that bad stuff because you know the good people behind it. Um, and I also feel the people who are writing that stuff are hiding behind a wall. They are hiding behind anonymity. And actually, the only way you're going to stop that is the likes of Twitter and Facebook taking charge of that. Mm. Um, so one of my big grumps about social media digital media it's not that we shouldn't have it we should absolutely have it um but the people who run those services are reneging on their responsibility as decent citizens to manage those services mm-hmm. uh, in the olden days when i you know when i were lad in 1856 right <laughs> well we're in black and white yeah we're all in black and white so we had this thing called the telephone right not, not a mobile a lad and lie like at the house right and uh, if you got a dodgy phone call um you reported it to the BT Malicious Calls Bureau and BT traced that call, they reported it to the police and somebody was put in front of the courts, hmm. yeah? I don't see Facebook doing that. No. I don't see Twitter doing that in any significant volume. And they'll say, well, we're just the carrier pigeon, we're just the technology. Yeah, but BT are a technology and they've taken responsibility. Hmm. You need to take more responsibility. And... um it's going to get to the point that if they don't take any more responsibility, the likes of me, the likes of Jackie Oatley, Robin Cowan, will get so bored of the abuse, or they get more of it than me by country mile, will get so bored of the abuse that they'll go, actually, I don't need this portal to share my work and do what mm. I want to do. I can get it out in other ways. Bye-bye, Twitter. Yeah, mm. I, I agree. We'll move back to yourself. Mm. If we take it right back to the very beginning, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> right, you were a, a wee boy growing up in, in South Wales, not supporting his local team. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> but we won't hold it against you. When, when did you want to become what you have become? When did you want to get in, involved in the whole kind of football reporting and talking about it, even though you're a Dundee United fan, so I don't know how much that you are allowed to talk about football as a result of that. Uh, oh, well, that's very true. Um, well, look, um, 
apparently when I was about five or six years old, I was so infatuated with the television uh, that um, I used to, uh, we used to have things on, I, on ITV called television announcers. People used to stand there in their suits and go, next, it's Coronation Street. <laughs> apparently I used to go up and kiss the bloke. <laughs> <laughs> so I obviously had a love for radio, a love for TV at that time. And I got involved in my hospital radio station when I was about 16. And, and uh, there were two things that, that drove me to, to what happened next in terms of my career. One was the, the power and the ability to tell a story, to communicate with people. Again, in this world of social media, um, you know, it, it, it's quick to communicate on social media, but I don't think it's a depth of conversation. Um, whereas if you talk on the radio, it actually means something. You listen to somebody on the radio, mm. you, you put, your mind goes with, you, with, with them. Mm. Um, so I was really interested in that. And also I was interested, I became... I was increasingly interested in sport, and, and the possibility of actually being paid to talk about sport was a dream. Um, I grew up in a town, as you said, Bridgend, as it happens, which is halfway between Cardiff and Swansea, and I all get the obligatory, are you a Cardiff fan or a Swansea fan? <laughs> and I can get myself out of jail by saying I'm a Dundee United fan. <laughs> yep. um, uh, which I'll talk about in a second. But also, Bridgend was a very big rugby town. Um, and, and names that probably don't mean much to you guys, but will mean something to some of maybe the older, mature students. People like Gareth Edwards, J.P.R. Williams, Welsh rugby legends... Um, living in my hometown, playing from my hometown, Bridgend. Uh, J.P.R. Williams was my doctor. Gareth Edwards, my mum worked for Gareth Edwards, and these were like Welsh rugby legends of the 70s and 80s. Um, so I was very much of the mindset that, it, you know, it's not just football. It, any sport has the ability to do this to you. So I loved equally going to the brewery field to watch rugby as much as going to Coychurch Road where Bridgend Town played. Mm. Um, but the yeah the the story about the um, Dundee United f- uh, fanaticism. Um, so I was about eight years old. Boy moved into our school from Dundee. Now Swansea City were top of the league at the time, mm. and I had a bit of a soft spot for the Swans. But I also used to go to Cardiff games. But I, I didn't really fancy either of them. Everybody in my school was supporting Man United, Liverpool. I'm not having any of that. So this boy sported Dundee United, and I got friendly with him anyway. And uh, so Mark McLean is his name, if he's listening. Um, <laughs> and s- suddenly, I just got wound up in their case. And they were winning the Scottish Premier League, and they were part of what was known as the new firm. Jim McLean, the manager of Dundee United, and Sir Alex Ferguson, the manager of Aberdeen, when they were winning the UEFA Cup. Mm. So we, those were the big teams in Scotland in 83-84, and I had a bit of that. And I've stuck with it ever since. And I, yes, I've been to our broth on a Tuesday night in the, in, in the, in the cup. Um, our broth's a lovely place, but yes, not when it's not raining. on a Tuesday night. Not on a Tuesday night. Um, and, and I will continue to s- support them. Difficult to get to games when you're working, but yeah. It, I just, I, I just find it such a random football club to support. I, I mean, nothing against Dundee, Dundee United, but you, you're growing up in South Wales. And for you supporting a team that is what three hundred miles away, something like oh, that, and the rest, and, and, and the rest. rest. But <laughs> if you look at the season they're having this year, they're, they're doing ever so well at the moment. Top of the the Scottish Championship yes, by at last, uh, at last. by eighteen points. Uh, admittedly, uh, Inverness Kelly Thistle have got a game in hand on you, yeah. so that, you know they might close the gap. We're still going to blow it. Don't but, worry, we'll be in the playoffs. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but I guess what's it like? We were talking with myself and Connor earlier. 
What's it like having the Dundee derby? Oh, know, Dundee the United Dundee versus Dundee. fantastic. Yes, it's 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 a proper derby. People throw bottles and stuff, um, <laughs> and, and they fight on the road. So again, the other thing that you probably are sort of aware of because it's come up in a pub quiz, I'm sure. Uh, the shortest distance between two grounds mm. in the United Kingdom is Tanadice, Dundee United, and Dens Park across the road. You could literally kick a ball from one, mm. and it would land in the yeah, other. Yeah. It's something like 385 yards. And when the derby happens. So when we're playing at Dens, which has got, has got the potential for being a car park, I'd like to say at this point. <laughs> um, when we're playing at Dens, we never get changed in the away changing rooms. In really? Dens, we go, get we get changed in the own ground. And we walk up. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, that's and fantastic. And we walk up. Um, and they do the same. And um, uh, there's a rumour that Dens, uh, Dundee are planning to move out of Dens and are planning to build another um, ground out of town. It'll break my heart if that happens. Mm. Um, and when they were in trouble, financial trouble years ago, lots of our, our fans were going, yes, they're going to go under. And I said, no, no. Don't want that. This is the biggest game we've got, apart from Aberdeen, which is also considered a derby. Having that atmosphere on derby day, would it, to lose that would, would kill, kill uh, I think, both clubs. Well, not kill them, but it would substantially mm. damage them. So, you know, it, I, I just wish that Dens could find a way, Dundee could find a way to actually rebuild and redevelop dens it does need work yeah rather than leave completely mm. indeed but uh, obviously we will uh, be speaking to you for the rest of the show but for now a huge thank you to our special no, guest i think uh, we've easily got 15 minutes out of you there Mark. <laughs> <laughs> we've done fantastic joseph josh and connor this is football forum only on shoe radio it's 19 minutes past one. It's Football Forum. Thanks for your company. So we're going to move into the top stories. Um, and as it is deadline day, uh, we're going to keep you up to date with all the latest news regarding transfers. Um, we will just start and yep. say that Sheffield United have signed Erikara Ziv- Zivkovic. Um, it's an initial six-month loan deal with an option to buy in the summer. Mm, and I, I've been told as well that the Retsos is in paperwork stage, so that's pretty much done as well. Good Probably announced stuff. maybe five o'clock. Five o'clock, fantastic. Uh, Linking to Sheffield United, uh, Aston Villa. Uh, obviously, their defender James Chester, obviously Welsh, uh, former Welsh captain, uh, played fantastic uh, in Euro 2016. He has gone. He's. Uh, going to on loan to Stoke uh, for the rest of the season, dropping down the league. Um, and that means Mark Duffy, who was on loan at Stoke from United, is going to go back. Uh, but as he's only got six months left and he's not part of the club, any- well, he's got no future there. Mm, yeah, uh, I- He's going to join... Adu Den Haag mm, in which the is Dutch Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And the thing was, you'll like this even more. Kind of, there was. I heard there was two choices. One of them was Adu Den Haag, in, which is obviously Pardew's team. And the other one, take a guess. VVV Venlo. No. Um, the British team. Right, give me a clue, because there's a lot of British teams. <laughs> Go on. Plays at Kenilworth Road. Luton. Oh, Luton. 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 Oh, right, okay. <laughs> Where's the other option? It was either Luton tr- or Addo Den Haag. So the council So it looks or... like Addo Den Haag is where Mark Duffy's going to go. Mm. Uh, and talking about Sheffield tonight as well, it looks like Ravel Morrison is set to join Middlesbrough on loan till the end of the season. Good stuff. Um, the big news is uh, apparently Olivier Giroud. Uh, he went from Arsenal to Chelsea uh, back in January 2018. He now could be moving in the January 2020 because apparently... He could be moving to Spurs, so he's going to do an Emmanuel Adebayor, as but you apparently said. Apparently not. He's, he's going to Lazio, is what I've seen. Well, They've had a bit accepted, it, but... 
There seems to be some confusion about it because Sky said earlier that he was going to Spurs and then they very much deleted their tweet. Mm. So we're not too sure. Not where too we're going. sure about that one. But uh, it I looks think, like Giroud's on the way out regardless. I think for Spurs, it would be a good signing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would. But if you uh, talk about Spurs, goals, they have though, been rumoured. Oh, they've been linked today with a return of Gareth Bale, which would be which, an excellent yeah. sign. I'd love to see that as well because out of favour, Bale's Rome, one of those players that he's he's obviously had a a, a, a torrid time mm. at, um, at Real Madrid. And Mark, from from a Wales point of view, how would you feel about that? Gareth Bale going back to Tottenham. Oh, well, I think the quicker he can get out of Real Madrid, the better, because they've been absolutely horrible to him. The fans have. Um, he has bailed. Pardon the pun. Um, he has bailed them out a couple of times. How many Champions League titles has he won for them? And they treat him like dirt. Uh, and the and the media over there. Um, and I just think he's having fun now. If I was him, I'd just stay there until the contract wound down, and then go and sign for Tottenham and just take the money. Mm. Which I think is what he's he's pretty much doing anyway. Probably Did you see do, that tweet he said? How you know how he enjoys golf, golf Wales, Wales, and then and Wales, Madrid, Wales, golf, Madrid, Wales, yeah. golf, Madrid. <laughs> that in that it, yeah. order. Fantastic yeah. stuff. Um, some of the other big talking points is Hull. Obviously, Camel Grzycki has gone to West uh, he's gone to West Brom. Apparently. Um, Jared Bowen. Jared Bowen's also going in a £20 million there deal. There seems to be a few clubs in for him. The, the ones I heard were Palace and, and West Ham have been the, the lost, surprise uh, lineup for that one today. It. But Newcastle was also mentioned. There we go. Yeah. Not too sure who he's going to, mm. if he's going to go at all. I think he will. I think if all these clubs are after him, it's probably just a matter of him choosing which, which, one? one's, mm. which one's the best fit for him. Yeah. Uh, I think Palace would probably be a decent option. I yeah. think West Ham struggling towards the bottom of the table and the amount of pressure that the West Ham fans are putting on their team at the minute, it might not be the best place I, to go I and try and adapt to a new West Ham. No, I think, Palace, <laughs> I think Palace are crying out for a striker. They are. He's a winger. But... <laughs> well, I know, but he scores a fair few goals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think he... I'm not sure if he has played up front. For, he's, a, he's an inside forward, isn't he? So he comes off the right-hand side and uses his left foot. Uh, so you could see him being able to adapt into that into that striker role or mm. at least playing on the right hand side of a front three no doubt about it um, but it's a very unfortunate day for Hull if he does go because yep. I always say Very about Hull, uh, a pretty average side, apart from the two X-Factor players that you've got in Bowen and Grzycki, who are very creative players. Uh, well, Bowen, more of a goal scorer than a creator, but Grzycki, but very creative. Yeah. Um, Henriksen on his way out as well, yeah. apparently alone to Bristol City. Yeah, and uh, I mean, they're going to bring in Marcus Madison, apparently on loan from Peter. Which Brett, would be a great signing. It'd be it a good signing, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't it really fill the, void, would it, fill really? the, the no, chasm that would no, be left by really. Bowen and Grzycki leaving. Right, uh, a couple of other ones that have that have been uh, that have been confirmed. Cedric Suarez has gone on loan to yeah, Arsenal that's from Southampton. Sam McCullum has joined Coventry from Norwich, undisclosed fee. Aidan McGeady, Sunderland to Charlton yeah, on loan. Very interesting one. So not a player out of nowhere I, as well. Yeah, by the yeah, way, not a player that I rated when he played for Wednesday. I know we were linked with him at some point <laughs> uh, during the summer. Uh, and apart from that, I don't uh, think the, the only one, the only other one is Dries Mertens. Dries There's Mertens. a lot of talk about whether he's going to go to Chelsea. Yep. that seems to have gone a little bit quiet mm. and, and interesting from Chelsea because the rumor was yesterday that they wanted somebody to replace Giroud before yeah. letting Giroud go. So they've either had a change of heart on that and gone, no, don't matter, we'll just stick with what we've got, yeah. or somebody else is lined up to come in. But Mertens. Is one that Chelsea are after, but could don't know happen. If it's happen. Not sure. Uh, we will obviously, if there's any 
burning uh, transfers that happen. Uh, while we're on air for the next few minutes, we will keep you up to date. I just want to uh, touch on, uh, we were going to mention the Carabao Cup and, well, all the cups. I will just uh, quickly run you through that if I can find it. Uh, so it's Villa against Man City in the League Cup final because Villa uh, won in the 93rd minute to beat Leicester 2-1 on the night. Congratulations to Man City winning this year's Carabao Cup. They are indeed. And Manchester City losing 1-0 on the night uh, to their bitter rivals, United, Man United. Uh, Matic scoring in the 35th before getting himself sent off in the 76th. Brilliant. So, Villa Man City, and uh, we'll leave that till the end of next month mm. when we have, uh, we've got to touch on that. Uh, in the FA Cup, the uh, fifth round draw has been held. Uh, we should just say the, uh, the St Andrews uh, derby. They Brilliant. drew... Obviously, the Jews. They drew at St Andrews, so they've got to go for a replay at St Andrews. Have you, you seen that the Coventry have only been allocated about five and a half thousand tickets for the, well, the replay? Yeah, but I suppose it is not their ground, is it? So <laughs> it's just, it's yeah, just any I other guess. away game now for them. And that five thousand five hundred's more than we got. True. We've been allocated <laughs> Championship, though, only different rules yeah, for allocations. Course, yeah. Yeah. Um, so in the fifth round draw, well, we haven't mentioned them yet. Sheffield Wednesday yeah. are yeah, hosting Manchester City. Yeah, at Hillsborough. Uh, I think all my excitement for that sort of went down the pan after watching us at Wigan. Yep. But, um, <laughs> Understandable. It'll be, it'll, it'll be a good occasion, no doubt about that. It'll be nice. So you're going to tonk him? Well, <laughs> about I, seven. Yeah, well, let's hope not that far. We, I, I mean, obviously, I expect us to get beat, but if we can keep the score down, I won't yeah. be too disappointed. <laughs> I think it'll be nice to see Hillsborough full because these days it's not particularly full at the minute. Mm. The atmosphere is yeah. not great, so hopefully, you know, th- these these sort of games. When Wednesday's atmosphere hasn't been great for quite a while now at home but yeah. these sort of games when I think back to Brighton Huddersfield when we were winning um, Arsenal these games under the lights at Hillsborough when they're big occasions they can have a real special feel to them mm. so um, if we can do the unthinkable against Man City that <laughs> would give everyone a massive lift and it's kind of a, a no-lose situation for us because yeah, nobody's expecting free as, long as, we, as long as we don't six or seven yeah, I think yeah. it's um, which could happen which with your defence is anything's possible well the, the issue is as well it, I'd, if we were playing Liverpool I'd actually fancy us a little bit mm, in that situation like kids weren't they yeah whereas Man City every single game I went to watch them on Sunday um, against Fulham they still played the likes of, of Gabriel Jesus Bernardo Silva David Silva um, Foden you know he doesn't get in every week but he's still but, a quality player so yeah. Um, they'll be a very tough tough game, but should be interesting they will and indeed. exciting. Um, speaking of Liverpool, they need to get past Shrewsbury Town because it was a mm. 2-2 on Sunday. Fantastic result for Shrewsbury. Mm. Uh, they're off Jason to Anfield, Cummins. despite the fact Liverpool are going to play their kids, which is... And uh, Jurgen Klopp's not going to manage them. But well, there you are. There you are. They, uh, the winners of that one go to the bridge. They've got Chelsea. Um, other big ties. Oxford holding Newcastle to a replay. Or, uh, or more more rather, Newcastle holding Oxford to a replay. Uh, they'll have West Brom. Leicester have got Coventry or Birmingham, so they've not got a far trip. Only yeah. over the uh, the other side of the M1. Uh, Northampton or Derby, uh, because they ha- were held to a replay, as Mark was saying. Uh, they are hosting Man United. Or uh, and then you've got Southampton or Spurs have got Norwich and Pompey have got Arsenal so, so uh, it's a bit of an extra carrot that isn't it Mark to be able to play Man United if Northampton can get past Derby well I've already put in draft the tweet I'm sending to the BBC Sport guys because um, <laughs> they instantly went you know it's going to be Wayne Rooney's return uh, or, or Wayne Rooney's going to meet Manchester United again so I'm saving that for when we beat Derby <laughs> on Tuesday I said, you may want to delete this tweet <laughs> um, I, I'm not 
Northampton, um, Man United have been to Northampton Town before. Um, you know, they host the big, all the big guys, all the big guys come down to the PTS Academy. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Um, and Premier League, we will just touch on this because it's a bit irrelevant at the moment. But Liverpool won two 0 on Wednesday night, so they've sure. now beaten every other team in the league, and they only need eight more wins to win the league. So, but let's be fair. There you are. Unless you're from Liverpool, you don't really care. So. It depends how you feel about yeah. Liverpool, doesn't it? But, but uh, it, it, I mean, it has to be said that it's no mean feat doing what Liverpool are doing. Yeah, so fair play it's to. A them. bit boring now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. A, yeah, not their I'd fault. Like a little well, bit excited. Not their fault, but it's <laughs> just, just got to do what they keep it? on doing. But there you go. Fair play to them. Um, but that's it from the top stories. Our attention does turn to the weekend's action and the previews next. Joseph, Josh, and Connor. This is Football Forum, only on Shoe Radio. It's half past one, it's Football Forum on this Friday afternoon. Joseph, Josh and Connor with you as always. So we're going to get Mark. Into... And Mark, yes. As... But not as always. Not as always. <laughs> uh, but we are going to get into the previews because we're going to start on... Who should we start? Well, let's start with Wednesday, why not? Because uh, we we went to the Den on uh, last Saturday. You're hosting them at Hillsborough this Saturday. It's Millwall. Uh, yes. And actually, they're above you in the league now, so... Uh... Yeah. Quite a tense clash this one. I think so. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, if we don't start well, I think Hillsborough could turn toxic pretty quickly. It was very clear after the game on Wigan that the fans were letting the players know what they thought. Uh, so that that's a difficulty in itself. The last three games at home, as we know, have been far from great. Three three consecutive home defeats. Against a Millwall side that have gone the other way since Gary Rowett came in, he's they've been on a great run of form. They lost against Leeds the other night, but they were two 0 up. Uh, so I was kind of glad that they managed to throw that away because the optimist in me hopes that that just knocks them down a peg or two and and um, can hopefully be the catalyst for a Wednesday win. So I'm not I'm not too sure, but yeah, it'll, it'll be a very tough game for us. We've got a couple of injury problems as well. Fox is as I think he's been out running, but he's not going to make it he's not going to play this game uh, be interesting to see the new man Alessio de Cruz Gary Monk's confirmed that he's going to be in the squad mm-hmm. um, and what I said earlier in the show about him probably not being a Monk signing uh, might not be true because Monk said he knows him from from contacts in the game I suppose he's not going to say I've never heard of him but mm-hmm. but still so it'll be interesting to see who we go with um, in, in that regard maybe we'll I think it might what's the time what's the latest time you can Register a player for a game that tomorrow. Was, uh, midday. Uh, midday. So today. if we sign Wickham and Windass, then no it's relevant. Mm. All right, fair enough. But, but um, <laughs> I, I'll be. I'm not very optimistic about this one. To You're be not. Honest. No. Uh, no. Score predictions because Do you know because uh, I'm not either. No, I'm You're not, not optimistic. No. Uh, obviously, not for Wednesday. Anyway. You know now we have. We'll come on to it in a bit. But uh, our new predictions game involves United and Wednesdays. Uh, always now. So we're just going to do them in the previews for this week. Uh, Wednesday against Millwall, eleventh. Against ninth, Connor, you're not optimistic. Well, no, I, th- I think just to add on to it as well, I think it's vital that we go out and set the tone from minute one. We've got to try and play on the front foot. We've got to press Millwall high. We've got to try and get the crowd back on side by playing that sort of football that always works with a Wednesday crowd. You know, aggressive in your face. That's how Millwall will play. Mm. They've they've turned into a better football inside under Gary Rowett, but they've still maintained that Millwall identity of being aggressive and yeah. hard to play against. So. We need to make sure that we match that first and foremost. We didn't on Tuesday. So nope. we've got to match them in terms of work rate and, and hopefully a bit of technical quality will come through. Um, but 
I'm not so sure, I'm not so confident that that's going to happen. So I'm going to go one nil to Millwall. I can't one see nil. where the next home win's coming from. A one nil to Millwall. I'm going to have to agree with you. I'm going to say a one nil Millwall as well. I just cannot see Wednesday beating Millwall getting anything from it because the question is where is the goals going to come from? It's going to be interesting. Uh, Mark, what do you think for this one? Um, I know Millwall quite well. Do a bit of work down there and Gary Rowett has put the rod up them. And I can see a Sheffield Wednesday goal, but i got to say it's going to be a 2-1 Millwall win. A 2-1 Millwall victory. Chappers, do you want to make it four out of four? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to say a 2-0 Millwall victory. I think they'll score twice in all fairness. And I, like you say, I'm, I'm really not sure where Wednesday's next home win is going to come from. Um, having said that, Wednesday are favourites for the game, 6-5. Uh, Millwall are 13-5 to and 21-10 to 10 the draw. That's right. damning that, that Sheffield Wednesday at home to Millwall favorites. and all four of us have, have, all have said, said Millwall. that Millwall are going to win. That, that's not that's a bad sign of the times indeed <laughs> uh, right so that's Wednesday let's move over to United now and uh, it's back to Premier League football uh, for United we're down in London again we're taking on Crystal Palace I have got both football shirts in my house of course but there's are. only one I'll be wearing and you've got a Crystal Palace scarf or what I looks like one I have got a Crystal it Palace scarf it certainly looks like it one does, yeah. it looks like it but it's not Crystal Palace but West Ham then Burnley <laughs> I'm not even going to go there but I am uh, I'm only going to be wearing one shirt and that is of the Red and White Wizards in Sheffield United uh, Palace against United Chappers it does give a chance for the new signings no Callum hmm. Robinson now he's gone to West Brom on loan not that I think it would have mattered because I don't think he would have anywhere near not. started um, but yeah interesting to see which team Wilder puts out and interesting to see if um, Zivkovic is, is eligible in time because um, obviously I know it's just been announced but it depends when they sign the paperwork yeah. um, so we'll see on that my guess is he probably won't be um, Berg, uh, Sander Berger seems to be um, obviously signed in time so it'll be interested to see if he plays um, I think um, having only been with us two days it'll probably start on the bench mm. uh, maybe bring him on 70-75 minutes just to get him a run out um, so I think it'll probably be a, a very similar unchanged 11 um, who leads the line I'm not too sure it depends if McGoldrick's back fit because I know we He's struggled with injury slightly, um, so it does depend if McGoldrick is back. I know Wilder said that um, he was struggling with a slight foot injury and it was taking slightly longer than they expected uh, for, for him to get back fit. Hopefully he'll be back soon. He did say that he would be assessed ahead of the game. Um, Palace, are, they're such an interesting football side because they're so inconsistent um, mm. and like I said earlier, I think they're crying out for a striker. You know, When you've got people like Wilfred Zaha who are excellent in, in creative play yeah. um, but they're not an out and out striker Andros Townsend is exactly the same exactly the, the strikers are relying on Benteke who's not scored in Cech <laughs> Tosson got injured as well and Cech Tosson is I think he's out but obviously he's only just come into the fold he scored um, would be typical for us to miss out on Wickham because Cech Tosson's got injured absolutely <laughs> would be uh, but Palace currently sitting in, in 11th on the table they've not won they've drawn four of the last five games and oh, lost yeah. the other one right. uh, which is not great um, so I have have gone for a 1-0 United win here. 1-0 United win, that's what we like to hear. Uh, Connor, are you any different? I've gone for a draw. I think United tend to draw a lot of games away from home. I, I can't really see United losing. No. Uh, like you say, Chappers Palace have, lot, have drawn a lot of um, home games recently. As, True. Uh, drawn a lot of games recently as well. So I think it'll be a close game. Two teams that are fairly well matched and uh, I, 
I think nothing will be able to, to split them, so 1-1. One, one. A 1-1 one, one for you. And Mark, what are you saying for this one? Under normal circumstances, I would back a Sheffield United win, but I think VAR will come into play. Oh, not again. There we go. It'll not be again. a draw. It'll be a 1-1. One, one. It could be 1-2 to Sheffield United, but I think VAR will have other ideas. Right, so it'll be Crystal Palace 1, Sheffield United 1, VAR 1. Exactly. Yes. Right. Fair right. enough. Uh, I should I say, what you're going for. Palace are in 11th, as Chappa said, United in 8th. I'm going to go for a 2-1 United, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's Palace one, United two, VAR nil. Uh, for me, uh, so that's what I'm going for. I expect to see uh, Lee Smoose in the goals. Hopefully, mm. uh, the odds for that one, Chappers. yeah, the odds. I've, I've literally just changed actually, but United oh. are favourites for the game at six to four. Palace are two to one for the victory and twenty one to ten the draw. So a Palace victory and a draw are very, very, very similar. Very similar. I should just say, is Mark working for Bet three six five? Have they just heard him and that's why they've changed the yeah, lines? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had no, a word they did with change them. They I've had a word with my mate Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Um, I've never r- actually seen you two in the same room, uh, you know. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, so that is the previews done. We're going to get on to our predictions because, as you know, Super Six is no more. No. And uh, we've Sick got... of giving credit to Sky. Yeah. yeah, but we have got our own proper sting. Well, a makeshift one now. That mountain that they need to climb is getting steeper every week. I honestly, I think we're in big trouble. It's rotten to the core, to be honest. It's not a good time to be a Sheffield United fan. 2-1 defeat away at Viggen. Connor, uh, Viggen? Viggen, Viggen. <laughs> I don't know. Where's Viggen. that come I'm from? Tight. The biggest guest. Oh, morning, mate. All right. Cheers, Cheers, guys. Joseph Hadfield. Oh, goodness me. So Basilea. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Chapman. Oh, wow. It was awful. Connor Thorpe. It was a, an absolutely massive win. Cardinal Reddish. <laughs> <laughs> We are still Sheffield Hallam's number one football show. This is Football Forum. Thursdays from 5.15. Only on Shoe Radio. So it is the predictions. And as I say, we do Wednesday every week. We do United every week. And then we do four of the TV games. Yeah. That's how we work it. And... Um, we're going to start on, uh, we'll start with BT's game, Saturday lunchtime, and it is Leicester City up against Chelsea. A huge mm. clash for this. This must have been one of BT's only few um, first picks in the Premier League because it is third against fourth. Uh, Connor, what are we going for this one? Just, I think I went for 2-1 to Leicester, but let me just double check. You need to double check. Uh, yes, uh, it is 2-1 to Leicester. I've gone for 2 1 Leicester. Yeah. How do you feel what you're saying? Uh, well, I'm going for, I'm going to go for a 1 1. I think uh, Leicester is going to, that uh, League Cup defi- uh, defeat is going to have a bit of an impact. So I'm saying a 1 1 mark. What about you? 1 0 Chelsea. I think they're, they're picking up. I fancy them getting better now. A 1 0 for Chelsea, Chappers? Uh, I've gone for a 2 1 Chelsea. Chelsea's form's not been great recently uh, in the last two, but I think this will be the game where they turn it around. Um, so I'm going to go 2 1 Chelsea in this one. The odds are very, very close uh, between the three here. Uh, Leicester, very slight favourite, 6 to 4. Uh, Chelsea, 17 to 10, and 13 to 5 the draw. Good stuff. I should just say, let's have a look at the table because this is the first week, I think, when you won't be, uh, you won't want to shut your eyes. Yeah. yeah. Because um, obviously let's have a look at how we did last week uh, I got eight uh, four two pointers uh, Chappers you got nine so you actually yes, won fantastic uh, and Connor you got it. seven the only difference was uh, you didn't get uh, one more of the results so uh, obviously Connor I think we need to change your result a little bit because you missed we'll forget a forget about that yeah. don't worry but for yeah. now it is uh, 
Josh is on uh, three ducks of uh, two, two, two. Fantastic. Uh, Connor, you're on two, six, two. And I'm on two, six, three because I got one more point than you did. So uh, one point in it as we move into round number 38 that we're calling it. Um, and uh, let's continue uh, with the Saturday evening game. Saturday night football for Sky. And it is Man United in fifth against Wolves in seventh. Connor. It's a very tough one to predict this. Yeah, um, but Wolves, we know how good they are on the on the counter-attack. Man United likes to play on the counter-attack as well, so it'll be an interesting to see how both of them approach like it. 4-4 then at this rate. <laughs> uh, I can't see that. Uh, I'd also be very interested to see if uh, Bruno Fernandes gets a start. Apparently someone he will, who can yeah. Someone who can pick out a pass, which is what Man United will have liked since Pogba's been injured, really. Um, but I fancy Wolves to nick it 2-1. They're very good in these sort of games. So um, 2-1. 2-1 to Wolves for Connor Mark? I agree. I think the atmosphere at Old Trafford is still quite miserable and tepid, mm, and I very. think that will play a factor, and I think Wolves will win 2-1. 2-1 as well. I am also backing Wolves because I'm going for a 1-0. I don't think Man United will score. And let's be fair, recently with Man United, where have the goals been coming from? You don't know. Uh, but I'm going 1-0 Wolves. Chappers? Uh, I want to stick with Connor and Mark here and say a 2-1 Wolves as well. Um, I, I think it's just going to be one of those games that Wolves will get a result and, and the atmosphere, like Mark says, is, is not great around Old Trafford at the moment. You saw what, well, I assume you all saw what um, Solskjaer said or was caught saying to yeah. Jesse Lingard oh, in yes, no uncertain terms the other day. And then five minutes later, he was substituted. So he was, at least he stuck to his word. Uh, so yeah, so 2-1 for me. Uh, looking at the odds, however, Man United are actually quite solid favourites. 23-20, uh, 5-2 to 20, uh, five to two for a Wolves victory and 23-10 to 10 the draw. Wasn't it something along the lines of if you lose the ball one, one more, more time, time you'll be coming off yes yes something like that with expletive added but there you go Uh, so four Wolves victories uh, as well right we'll move into Sunday's games uh, part of Super Sunday two o'clock kickoff, and it's Burnley in 13th against Arsenal in 10th another horrible game to predict yeah well that's why we. that's That's why why you do it (laughs) Um, I don't know why but I do fancy Burnley they had a good they had a good result against um, Leicester the last time at home and to be fair they've They've not got a good record at Turf Moor against Absolutely the big clubs, not, no. yeah. but you know they beat Man United the other week. They, did. they beat Leicester. They're on a li- they're on a bit of an upturn in form. I know they lost to Norwich in the FA Cup, but I don't think that's really been much of a priority for Burnley under Sean Dyche. Even though Norwich made more changes than they did, but um, yeah, fancy Burnley to to nick it one nil. A one nil for Burnley, Mark. Um, I also think that not only will Arsenal struggle at Turf Moor, they don't like being there, but also Burnley do tend to raise their games for the bigger teams and struggle getting points against the lower teams. So that's why I'm going 2-1 to Burnley. You're going 2-1 Burnley. I'm going to go for a reversal of that. I think Arsenal will win. I don't know why. I was tempted by a 1-1, but I think Arsenal somehow will win it. Um, Aubameyang is still suspended, but I fancy Lacazette to score, break his duck. Uh, for that long drought so a 2-1 Arsenal for me Chappers I've gone for a 1-1 um, I just can't really see a clear winner here I don't well I can't see an Arsenal winner here mm. and I'm not 100% sure I, I'd be confident in backing Burnley, Burnley to win yeah. so I'm going to say a 1-1 uh, Arsenal are the favourites uh, evens there uh, Burnley are 13-5 to and so is the draw as well good stuff right we'll finish up uh, with a 4.30 kick off on Sunday it is 6th against 2nd Tottenham Hotspur against Manchester City uh, Connor what are we going for uh, I'm going 3-1 City Spurs have, have not been very good recently they've, they've leaking goals as well um, City I think will be a different side now Laporte's back yeah. uh, yeah, such an important player for them 
Uh, and I fancy them to win 3-1. 3-1 to City. Uh, Mark, what are you saying? I think this will be an occasion that we'll get to Jose Mourinho. And I think, uh, as a result, Spurs will not be under control in this game. <laughs> so... Um, well, I'll, I'll go for a draw. 1-1. One, one. You're going for a 1-1. One, one. I'm going to go for a 1-2. I think City will just edge this one. As you say, Laporte coming back will uh, be a big difference. And obviously, there's there's no Harry Kane for Spurs. So you question where the goals are coming from. Obviously, Hummin Son. But uh, yeah, and obviously, Hugo Lloris is back in the, uh, back in the uh, between the sticks for Spurs. So an interesting one. But a 2-1 City for me, Chappers. Uh, I'm agreeing with Connor. 3-1 for me. Uh, I think it'll be a relatively comfortable afternoon for... City and the odds are stacked against Spurs. They are quite long, nine to two uh, for a Spurs victory, uh, eight to fifteen uh, for if you want a Man City victory short there, and eighteen to five the draw. Good stuff. Right, quiz question time. Yes, pub quiz. Yes. So, just a reminder of the question: Who scored? the longest and by longest we mean the furthest distance distance. Premier League goal according to the Guinness Book of World Records and what game was it in? Paul Robinson Spurs against Watford in 2007 Incorrect Asmir Begovic Southampton Ah, Bournemouth That's a good shout Yes to the first part so it wasn't against Bournemouth. It was no, you got the wrong. Oh, Spurs! Uh, no, Southampton and Stoke. Yes, that was it. would you have got that mark? Yeah, well, it had yeah. to be a keeper, didn't it? Yeah. So it was either Robinson or Begovic. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. as mere Begovic for once, I've actually got so, one right. Yeah, to be fair, Paul Robinson was up there. Yeah, uh, I think he was probably one of. The, I think he was third. The, the in first the one that came into my head, and then I've, I completely forgot got about yeah. Paul Robinson, was Maino Figueroa for Wigan oh, yeah. against Stoke. I don't know if you remember that one. But yeah. have to look that then one you have up. to remember that sometimes keepers have scored them. Exactly. Can you give me the year for an extra bonus point? 2013. Indeed it was, 2013. So the answer, Asmir Bekovic holds the longest uh, Premier League goal record and it was for Stoke against Southampton back in 2013. Well done, Hadfield. I I remember that one vividly because I've seen it about 400 times. Whenever it's a a goalkeeper goal... The wind took it, didn't it? So it it took a bounce and bounce straight over the... uh, There you are. For once, I've actually got one right. But there we go. Asmir Bekovic is your answer and that is about it. Final bit of deadline day news... Frank Lampard confirms that Olivier Giroud will not be leaving Chelsea. Right, so as they uh, have not found a replacement. So what we so spent the last twenty he's not minutes talking about yeah. has he's gone staying at Chelsea. Anthony Robinson is has had a medical at AC Milan. Yes. Yes. Million pound from yeah, Wigan. yeah, from Wigan. I thought he looked very good on Tuesday, and he's yeah. obviously a very good player. But that is a big fee. It's a big Wigan fee. left back. But what a, what an upgrade, Wigan to Milan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs> he's going from playing. With I know where Ke- I'd rather be. He's going from playing Keith and, Keith, with Keith Moore to Zlatan Ibrahimovic. There you go. Slight difference. Yeah, anyway, be on the point. That is it, and that's your lot for football forum this afternoon. Huge thank you to Mark Webber for yes, joining thank us. You, no problem. Journeying up, and uh, it's been a pleasure to have you with us. And uh, obviously, he will. All the um, the show will be available on uh, on Captivate now. Yes. Uh, because uh, obviously, we've got to do our plugs. We're on Twitter at football forum underscore. Uh, we're on Facebook. Shoe Football Forum is what you search if you still use that. And Captivate. This is the new bit now. No more SoundCloud. It's uh, well. Basically, what you're looking for is it's, uh, the website is shoe-football-forum.captivate.fm. That's that's catchy, that. That is catchy. catchy I like that. It's easier if you just it's go It's captivating. To, it uh, is. It's captivating. Just go to tinyurl.com slash shoefootballforumc. And there you go. Love that. Uh, so we are back next Friday. With Wednesday. We, oh, is it Wednesdays? Yes, we it's Wednesdays. Wednesday. We did. We, we did agree Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon. Well, it's a Wednesday morning actually because it's morning. eleven o'clock Wednesday morning. 
Um, I think we will have a guest. I'm pretty sure we will have a guest. We'll double check on that. Studio, but we will check on it. Uh, we'll get the producers to sort that one out. 11.30am is when you join us. We'll be live here on Shoe Radio and on Captivate as well. But from me, Chappers and Connor and Mark Webber here on Football Forum, thanks for joining us for January. February's next and we'll see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Shoe Radio. Bringing you the latest football news from Sheffield and beyond. This is Shoe Football Forum.